0: Hi, this is Amber, and you're listening to Amber on Podcasts. Hi, 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 hello, and welcome to episode number 195 of Amber on Podcasts. I am your host, Amber Camille Ligan, and this podcast is all about doing more good for you and more good for more people. Thank you so much for joining me. Podcast saved my life when I hit rock bottom back in 2017, which is what inspired me to create this show so that someone out there who is searching for answers will find what they need to help them on their journey. This week we are talking about burnout. This is something I struggle with and have to set boundaries around and notice signs of burnout. Otherwise, things in my life start to crumble. My work suffers, my relationships suffer, my health suffers. Burnout is identified as a syndrome by the World Health Organization, who define burnout as a syndrome conceptualized as resulting from chronic workplace stress that has not been successfully managed. And there are certain jobs and industries that are proven to create more burnout. In this episode, you will learn the three main causes of burnout, how to prevent burnout, and the benefits of practicing empathy at work. If you haven't yet, please take a moment to subscribe to the show. Every Thursday, I release a new episode, and I would love to have you join me. Now, let's get down to the good stuff, and let's start the show. This week's episode is brought to you by the Adam Grant Podcast. It's called Work Life with Adam Grant. Adam is an organizational psychologist who is focused on finding ways to make our work life great. He conducts experiments and this all focus on teaching people ways to feel better at work based on psychology and empathy. In the Work Life Podcast, Adam covers burnout, the symptoms of burnout, the exhaustion that doesn't go away with a good night's rest or an annual vacation. You're not just exhausted, you get puzzled, wondering why can't I get these easy things done on my to-do list. You go numb, you feel like you don't have any good ideas, while you're still wondering why you can't get these dumb errands run on your to-do list. You become overworked and exhausted, and the simple errands like mailing a card or taking your clothes to the dry cleaner feel impossible to complete. Adam says burnout is a pretty big problem. It can happen to anyone in any line of work and can affect entire families, schools, businesses, and public health. In 2019, the World Health Organization declared burnout an occupational syndrome. According to some estimates, in the United States alone, burnout employees cost more than $100 billion a year in healthcare spending. More than one-third of employees feel burnout at some point in time. Nearly a quarter feel that way very often or always. The core of burnout is emotional exhaustion, feeling so depleted and drained that you don't have anything left to give to your job. Evidence shows that when we are emotionally exhausted, our health suffers. Burnout has been linked to depression, memory loss, sleep problems, alcohol abuse, weakened immune systems, and cardiovascular disease. Our job performance suffers too, according to Adam. We are burned out. We get less done and make more mistakes. Eventually, we start thinking about quitting. Adam also calls out the three main causes of burnout. Number one is the sense of job security. We don't have any predictability, and there is a lot of uncertainty on how long our job will last or if we'll get fired. Any day, anytime. Number two is indebtedness. Many of us graduated from high school or college straight into the recession. We've seen the economy tank. We've seen the, the way that changes in the world events like COVID can change the way that we have opportunities in life. Um, it's scary. Number three is digital technology. Digital technology changed the way we interact with one another. And how these digital technologies affect the experience at work is another factor, along with the way we compare ourselves to people on social media, which puts a lot of pressure on us. Burnout is a feeling of giving up, that you can't keep going anymore. When you burn out, you burn all the way out. That's the key characteristic. That's the defining characteristic. You go until you can't go anymore, and then you keep going. The feeling that everything in your life flattens into one long to-do list, which means all of the joyful things and all the pain in the butt things just become one thing after another. Adam says this is very similar to stress, and there is a fine line between having a lot of anxiety, being depressed, and burnout, but it ends up being all of these things, all at once. It impairs you significantly. So what counts as burnout? It has nothing to do with where you work or how hard you work. You can be in retail, manufacturing, public service. Adam shares a study that was done on hundreds of professionals keeping daily diaries who worked in multiple industries. And the single strongest predictor of engagement at work is a sense of daily progress. What that means is you don't need huge accomplishments to feel good about your work. What matters most for building efficacy is small wins. Often, the small wins come by having a positive impact on others. And Adam's research, when people feel ineffective, helping others buffers against burnout and makes them feel competent, which makes them feel energized rather than exhausted. Brilliant. I... Know this, I need small wins to keep me going for sure. I thrive in this in my work as a consultant and a coach and a podcaster and pretty sure that's why I chose those professions, those things to do because I love the small wins and they're full of them. I love having an immediate way for me to gauge my success and the small wins are the perfect little morsel Therefore, when you are burned out, it helps to find small wins. But remember, burnout is a problem in your circumstances, not a problem in your head. It's not feeling emotionally exhausted for a little while. It's feeling that way often enough for intensely enough that it starts to interfere with your functioning, even if you don't want to quit. Now, let's talk about how you deal with burnout at your organization. It's likely that your organization probably has some practices that fuel a culture of burnout. So it shouldn't be up to you to conquer burnout alone. Your workplace is often responsible for the causes, so they should take responsibility for the cure. One more time for the people in the back. Your workplace is often responsible for the causes, so they should take responsibility for the cure. Now, here's my favorite part. Adam says burnout isn't an individual problem. It's an organizational problem. And it is contagious. Studies of nurses and doctors show when one person becomes emotionally exhausted, their coworkers are more likely to catch it, and it affects the people you serve as well. Your patients, customers, clients, students. When teachers are burnout, their students show elevated cortisol levels, a classic stress response. Adam says many organizations offer mindfulness training to help deal with burnout. It might help with some symptoms, but it doesn't get to the root of the problem. If more than one person is facing burnout, deep breathing is a band-aid, not a repair. You need to change the structure of the job or the culture of the organization. To tackle burnout at scale, Adam says it's best to use the demand-control-support approach. There are three ways to prevent emotional exhaustion and burnout, reduce the demands of the job, give people more control to handle them, and provide more support to help people cope. Reduce demands, more control, more support. There's an expert researcher who studies burnout, specifically in hospitals, who says that nearly half of doctors and nurses say they are burned out. It costs the U.S. economy $4.6 billion a year. They're prone to anxiety, depression, self-harm, more likely to face malpractice claims. To combat burnout, the Cleveland Clinic changed the way the doctors and nurses access their electronic records by minimizing the number of clicks they have to click and reduce the number of menus they had to sort through, which gave them more control and provided more support. But the most impactful thing they did is they took their staff offline and trained them on empathy, how to be better caregivers by using improv and role-playing to help them connect to the reason why they became caregivers in the first place. The reason for this is there is evidence that empathy can contribute to burnout because when someone is in pain and you are unable to help, feeling their pain, it drains you. This is especially known to happen to physicians who get overwhelmed by empathy from patients. Learning empathy has been so powerful for the doctors so they can communicate in the most empathetic way possible. It helps the doctors and nurses regain control instead of having to deal with a stressful patient who's frustrated in the interaction and dealing with a lot of complaints, they can express concern in a way that the patient feels it. That. Is the magic. If the patient feels genuinely cared for, they will have a better experience overall, and the doctors will feel that too. I learned that I can do this in my work as well. By remembering to have empathy, I do feel the difference in the energy of the conversation, and it's kind of a miracle. It gives you a deeper sense of control, honestly, to be able to facilitate effective, caring conversations. And, and, you know, I'm making this a new goal for myself. I love this so much. I can't wait to incorporate it more. Burnout isn't an individual problem. It's an organizational problem and it's contagious. Remember, burnout is not inevitable. It can be avoided. You can find small ways to gain control at your job or give it to your employees, allowing your employees to choose their own hours or have a choice in the kind of products they sell if you work in retail or setting specific email hours if you're in a corporate job. Another example of empathy at the workplace is the South Metro Firehouse in Denver, which is a huge organization. They have 29 stations with more than 800 first responders. They also have a special role at their company called a wellness manager. And this person's job is to give emotional support to firefighters by changing the culture. Because in a recent study, firefighting units with culture of care and support had fewer health problems and fewer accidents. But in many places, that care is missing because people are afraid to seek support. They feel like they're supposed to be tough. It's not just the firefighters who think this way. People in the corporate world think the same way. They used to bring in counselors to talk to the firefighters, but that didn't work because they couldn't empathize with the firefighters. When they hired a firefighter to do the job, they actually came to him because people actually need emotional support from people who can empathize with their experiences, especially since there's a stigma associated with asking for help in the first place. They wanted to do something very important. They wanted to normalize asking for help and teach that everyone's reaction is normal based on their own personal experiences and where they came from. I'm going to repeat that one for the people in the back. They wanted to normalize asking for help and teach that everyone's reaction is normal based on their own personal circumstances and where they come from. That has helped them move their culture to a positive place and reduce burnout. South Metro also created a peer support program for workers and their families. After a difficult call like a big fire or a mass shooting, First responders can opt in to attend a diffuse session immediately after. And at the session, the wellness guy will ask them, what do they need? He says, mostly they say they want to call their wives. They want to go to sleep. Most of them want to stay together at work, though. They want to stay there together to, to be with each other for the support. The stress at fire stations is much more extreme, but we can all do this. If you are in client service or customer service, if you want someone on your team whose job it is to care for the caregivers, if you do knowledge work, you need someone to track who's getting bombarded with requests so they can get back up and support, this helps prevent burnout. The key is you have to provide a place for people in your organization to go to for unconditional support. At the fire station, they share bad memories and good experiences. The tone is set at the top. The leaders have to practice this openly and often by sharing their bad memories and good experiences. They had a meeting for South Metro recently with over 800 firefighters and paramedics. The fire chief and the ops chief told them that if they raise their hand, they will be taken care of and never lose their job. And it was a super powerful moment. If you feel safe and know that your organization is standing behind you, you can weather more and you can perform better. Remember, it doesn't affect one generation. It affects every generation. If you feel exhausted and your workplace isn't helping you, you can help yourself by reflecting on why you're in that job to begin with, on what the job means to you and the people around you. According to Adam, it makes a difference to remember how your work makes a difference. I help myself get through burnout by managing my calendar better, getting support and telling my managers at work. I'm taking a vacation and I am thrilled that I have this wisdom under my belt so I can understand burnout better and know what to do when it happens to me. And most importantly, so I can share it with all of you, dear listeners, because it is a thing and I don't want it to take you down. We can get through this together. That way you can do more good for you and more good for more people. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you to Adam Grant, the genius angel who lives. Go check out Adam's podcast, Work Life with Adam Grant. It does not disappoint. Now you know the benefits of practicing empathy at work, the three main causes of burnout, and what you can do to prevent burnout at your organization. For all the show notes and to sign up for exclusive updates, visit mytalkingdollars.com. If you haven't yet, don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review if you love the show. Reviews really help grow the show and are a great way for me to connect with you. And please join me next week for another conversation about living your best life and doing more good. Thank you. Love you. Bye.